we were talking about the GH4. I think Sony, I think the autofocus in the Sony is better. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> for for like ease of use, especially if you're just like setting up and rolling with it. Yeah. That's Sony. Sony takes the cake when it comes to like ease of use for video stuff. What do you use? I'm I'm Nikon, but I'll really? shoot on. I, we also have a Sony C70 and like that's a super nice camera. It's like a 4K film. Like some people use it for like short films and stuff is like that. Is it like one of those videography cameras or is it a mirrorless it's not, camera? It's not quite that big. It is it is um mirrorless, I believe. Um my church bought it and I just use it, but it's not it's not like one of those like black magics that's like okay. you know, a big box that you have to, you know, move around all that stuff. Uh, but it's a nice camera. How'd you get into like cameras and, and photography and whatnot? Um, shout out my guy, Mason Wakefield down at Auburn. He, uh, was part of the creative team at this, uh, college ministry. I was a part of called one through church of the Highlands. Mm -hmm. And he, I was serving and just kind of connecting. I was like on the greater team slash just, you know, hospitality team, hanging out with people. And he was just like, dude, I feel like you're a creative, like, do you have like a vision for doing anything like that? And I was like, I mean, I've shot like freelance before with my dad's old camera, but it's like a beater. <laughs> and he was like, man, you need, to, you need to just try it out one day. And so like one Thursday he was like, Hey man, here's my camera. Just like walk around shoot some stuff. And I was like, he gave you a camera though. Out of all things, he was just like, Hey, here, <laughs> yeah, here's no, a camera. He walks up and it was like his own camera. It wasn't even like the churches <laughs> or anything. He walks up and hands me like the rig was probably like close to three grand. He was just like, here, no man, go, way. go snap some photos. I'm just like walking around church and having photos. And I was like, wait, this is cool. And um, then he taught me how to like edit. And then he also owns a couple like self-owned video uh, videography companies where he yeah. does like wedding videography. So like I've tagged along on some of his trips and it's it's cool. That's dope. Yeah. Welcome. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Welcome everybody to the Finding Faith podcast. I'm here with Will. Will, how are you doing today? Thank you for being here. Yeah. No, thank you. It's an honor to be on here. I'm doing good. Um, um it's funny that we got connected through like a mutual friend and then, you know, helped you with some photos for your, your up and coming company, uh, which is exciting. And then now here we are. It's crazy how that happens too. Um, and I'm probably gonna need you again because I got some <laughs> yeah. more clothes coming in. We're definitely going to do a lot more with it. Um, I think it'd be good to like find a place to actually shoot photos versus mm -hmm. like a random yeah. gym that I go yeah. to. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I just did with another company, it's like I randomly sent out texts, like like mass texts to people. And I was like, hey, like you're a fitness influencer. We're doing this thing for this fitness company. Can y'all just show up? I'll take photos, videos, and I'll send them to you so they can have it too. And that's the way it's promotion on the yep. end and promotion like, yes. for the company. So, Absolutely. And we had like multiple people show up. So we had quote unquote models. So That's so dope. <laughs> when was that? That was actually so... I, I'm helping out this other company called G Shred Supplements, uh -huh. which is just like um, a fat burner and some creatine and pre-workout stuff. Yeah. So uh, I knew somebody through church who started the company and he was like, hey, I need I need some like videography, creative stuff done for this. And I was like, hey, like, I guess I can help. <laughs> so I went and did that. That was earlier this week. Um, I think that was Monday afternoon, actually. So. You're busy. It's it's hard to book with you because we've <laughs> we we originally had it booked for for next week, and you're like, dude, I'm sorry, something came up, and I just can't do it right now. Like, can we do it this week by chance? And I said, sure. What time? And you're like, how about Thursday morning? I'm like, 
I've never done a Thursday before, but yeah. or, oh, a morning before. <laughs> a morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you get those fresh thoughts, <laughs> little hazy uh, morning brain, you know. <laughs> so tell us about yourself. What do you do right now? Are you, are you going to school? What, what's the uh, situation? Yeah, so I am in. I'm I'm getting up, finishing up my like undergrad at this place called SEU. Mm-hmm. I was at Point University before that with a double major in preaching ministry and Bible studies, and then actually to complete that degree i had to do an internship at two churches Mm. so i had done one in auburn through church of the highlands which was the one and then through church of the highlands in this thing called arc association of related churches i got in connection with a church plant that was happening in atlanta this past summer like it was just planning and i was like that'd be a cool thing to intern on just kind of see the ins and outs so i came here to intern for that and then long story short like Two months in, the dude's like, dude, we like you. You want to stay? And I'm like, yeah, why not? Like, I don't like school anyways. <laughs> but no, I, one of the conditions if I stay is they'd pay for my like last semester because I'm in my last semester of yeah. college. So I'm, I'm finishing up my degree at SEU through an extension site through my church currently called That's Live so cool. Atlanta. And so after that, I also, they're like, hey, we really like you. And we, re- we really are about education. So they're like... What are you gonna do for your masters? And I'm like, oh my god! Oh, so like <laughs> they like are are putting it upon you to do your master's degree? Yeah, is that now, basically what's they're, happening? They're they're leaning in hard because <laughs> that I mean, which is great though. Um, so I'm leaning towards once I finish up this semester, um, I have like two classes left, I think, because um, they do like eight week sessions, which is the first time I've ever done that. Really? Yeah, it, it felt like high school again. Yeah, but um, they do eight week sessions, and so I'm I'm leaning towards maybe an MDiv, a master's in divinity, but that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm interning still technically through them and doing college. And also I've, you know, work at Lulu. I do a lot. You do a lot. (laughs) People, it's Atlanta, you know, people in Atlanta don't do just one thing. Is that so? Is that kind of how it is? I feel like, I feel like it's a hustle. Everyone down here grinds and everyone down here, you know, they don't have one lane they fit in. They're kind of all over the place. Yeah. You know, I feel that um, it's just so hard, especially when you are, I'd say, like in your 20s or even in your 30s. Mm-hmm. And um, especially if you don't have like a family yet, it's just so easy because we have so much time on our hands. Somebody came up to me yesterday and they said, Nick, I don't know how you do it. And I said, what do you mean? They're like, you had a full time job. You, you have your own clothing company and you're doing this podcast. I'm like, yeah, but like, I feel like I have a lot of time still. <laughs> yeah, I, we actually one of for one of my most recent classes we had it was a stewardship class. Mm-hmm. And we had this project where literally you just like take a full week and divide up your time. And I can't tell you when I like towards the end of the week when we were finally like tallying everything up, how much time I just like there's like a null. There's nothing happening. Yeah. I'm like, but I also feel so busy all the time. And I'm like, wait, I'm not managing my time well because I have at the end of the week I had like. 12 plus hours that I was just chilling, whether it be like the hour before you go to bed on your phone. It's yep. like, that's hours that you could essentially put towards something. So that was kind of interesting. And I definitely agree with you with the fact that like, we do have a lot of time on our hands. Like I think most people let it slip away because yes. they get so caught up in just like the idea of, I need to stay busy. Yep. So they end up just aimlessly doing without any like real purpose. Busy, it. busy yeah. work without an actual purpose and actually like making <laughs> yeah. you better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Would you say that that class opened your eyes and really kind of changed the way that you did things or? I, I definitely think it, 
made me realize how bad I am with time management and how bad I am with time. Because it was also, I'm a, like a serial procrastinator yeah. with, <laughs> with stuff for classwork. So I'm sitting there like, and I would be halfway through my day and I hadn't tallied any of my stuff yet. I'm like, oh gosh, I got to do that. And then I'm like, wait, oh gosh, I got to do this. And it just like, I saw it getting away from me. So it has changed the fact that I'm like, I got to be better with my time, especially like, you know, getting into full-time ministry, which is where I'm, I'm leaning towards because I'm getting mm. away from Lulu and stuff. Um, that's a lot more time of like sitting down one-on-ones with people, um, like pastoral care things. So it, yeah, I definitely am like, okay, I need to be better with my time because I want to be generous with it. I want to be able to like, you know, help people out and, and be able to do things for the church, for close friends, for, you know, people that I, I want to invest in because mm-hmm. there's, there's things in life that people will do without really being invested in it. And then you can see in the product of like how it plays out. So I think getting passionate about something and passionate about people, I have to be better with my time if I want to like truly express that to them. I, I wanted to talk to you about like your passion, what you think your calling is. And it sounds like you kind of know what that is before we get into that. Let's backtrack a little bit into mm-hmm how you were raised, were you raised into like a, a Christian household? Like how did that start? Yeah. Um, for me, I was born in Birmingham, moved to the like Metro Atlanta area up in Kennesaw Marietta. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was really young, maybe two. Um, so I've kind of grew up in this Atlanta subculture for a, a while. And I went to a Southern Baptist church. My dad was a deacon for a time. Mm. And so I, I grew up definitely in a, a faith-based um, household, and church was a regular um, for us. Um, but for me, for the longest time, it was a box that you checked. My parents went right, I, and so I never really took the the faith that was there into my own hands. Um, and then part of my story was actually my parents got divorced, and when they got divorced, church all of a sudden became an option. Um, my dad wouldn't require us to go anymore because my mom wouldn't go. So then it was like, hey, if y'all want to join me, you can. If you don't, you don't. And for, for me, my initial reaction to the divorce was like, be mad at everything. Yep. And so church was in that. So I didn't go for a season. And then, you know, a couple things, a couple more dominoes fell in my life where I was really struggling. And then a random encounter with somebody as I was working at this burger joint she just invited me to church um how old were you i i was 17 okay i was going into my senior year of high school okay and so um a girl that i had known through like social media we were like pen pals she comes in she goes hey like i know you i'm like yeah i know you and she was like what are you doing tomorrow this was a saturday and i was like nothing and she was like you should come to church with me and my friends so i pull up to her house and her dad is like the craziest, most generous person I ever met. They were pretty well-off family, but they had like a brand new like Yukon, like Denali, like huge GMC and like eight people were at the house and I drove a Tahoe at the time. Yeah. And he was like, hey, you drive a big car. Why don't you just take them all? And he like <laughs> gave me the keys to this, you know, $90,000 car. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I drove down there and we actually went to Passion. And I was- Really? I was about yeah. to ask you what churches you go to. Yeah, she invited me to Passion. Which one? The one, this was before Cumberland was here. Okay. So it was just 515 okay. in, in, you know, the greater Atlanta area. And we drove down there and the, the, 
the message wasn't just about divorce, but divorce was part of it. And it was just like, you know, a God moment. And, uh, it happens all the time. No, for sure. Like it was a curated God moment. And I remember afterwards they have like this, like all space across the hall where you can like go and talk to somebody about what was like happening. And I walked over there and I, like, I remember this time because every time I see this guy, I'll just randomly see him around. His name's Dar. He's like the most enjoyable person, likable person. And I walk over there and he's just like, man, something's heavy on your heart, isn't it? I was just like, what the heck is happening? How? And he was just like, I don't know what you're going through, but I want to pray for you. And he just starts praying. And as soon as like he said the prayer, there's just so many things that hit. And I was like, you know, I don't didn't think I was going to tell anybody this, but like my parents got divorced just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I've tried all these different avenues that have just led to just me feeling like, you know, unfulfilled. Yep. And this is the first time that I really felt like I was leaning into something that mattered. And he was like, that's awesome, man. And then I, I went out to like dinner with him and his family. He was like the coolest guy. First day you met him. Yeah. No, yeah. I literally drove down there with this group of eight people that I didn't and not know. even your car and not my car. <laughs> and then they drove back and Dar's like, Hey, I'll drive you to dinner with me and my family and I'll take you home. I'm like stranger danger, but yeah. sure, like, why not? <laughs> um, so I went and, um, that was kind of my, that was the first time I really took a step into what would be faith. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I don't think I necessarily recognized it as like, that was me taking a step. It was just kind of like, I felt it leaning on me. I felt the spirit leading me in that way. And so I did take that step to go into that space and, and talk to somebody about what was going on. And that was like a freeing moment. But prior to that, I remember a car drive that I had and I was just mad again. It was after, um, so like, was this before the this passion was, city this, thing? Yeah, this was before then. Um, my parents got divorced and then I lost my grandfather. So it was like a mm-hmm. tough time and I was close to my grandfather and um i put all my identity into sports and then i got injured so i lost that opportunity to kind of like express myself yep and um i was just in a dark space so i remember driving and i was just mad so i'm i'm just like in frustration yelling and like i didn't know at who but it was at it was directed towards god okay and i just start man why is this happening i hate this like my life means nothing yada 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 in a dark space and i remember just like this calming voice as soon as I got everything off my chest saying I can handle it and that was like the first time at the time I didn't recognize it right it was the first time looking back and I was like that's the that's like God that's, that's when you first heard God. God yep and after that passion experience because of Haley who invited me her name's Haley Aitnan she invited me I went with them um, amazing family I went there and I was like in response to God I was like well if you could take all that if you could take all my frustration and all the baggage like here, I'm going to give you something that I care about. And since I had just lost what I put all my identity into as far as sports and like family, I was like, I'm going to put it into this. And then I got connected to a local church in the Kennesaw area called Freedom, but I still went to Passion like every Sunday with okay. like the young adult group and, and Haley and all them. It was a good time. So what were you doing at Freedom then? Okay, Freedom, they were really close to my high school and they had a guy there named, their youth pastor, he's still there. His name's PJ Hughes. And I just like fell in love with him because at my Southern Baptist church, like no hate to summit. Like that's definitely where I got my foundation and, and learned to grow. But they didn't have a youth pastor who was like on fire for youth, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this was the first ever time I saw a youth pastor who was like, I'm at bat for these people. 
he would show up to football games. He would show up to, you know, X, Y, and Z. He would, hey, it's Thursday morning. If you pull up the Chick-fil-A, I'll buy you chicken biscuit. And, like, he was that kind of guy, just, like, a good community person. So I, I like, fell in love with that, that aspect, and then I got really tight with him. So I, I helped out with um, Freedom Students. I got connected with that, helped out with it a little bit. Was, wasn't, like, I was still a student, so I wasn't, like, necessarily on staff or, mm-hmm. like, interning or anything but I was definitely helping curate like a student leadership space because I leaned in heavy with him and would meet with him throughout the week because passion was like at a distance because it was like a 30 minute drive. Yeah. And like as a high schooler, I didn't have money to be driving 30 minutes every day. No. Back back and forth within an hour. So I was down, that was like 10 minutes from the house. I was there a lot trying to learn and just like figure out, you know, the whole ins and outs. And that's really where I started exploring the idea of like, I love doing this now like what would this look like if I could potentially do it you know as a life like I make make a living out of this and so that's kind of my background with like I grew up in a Southern Baptist church Mm -hmm. walked away from it out of uh, frustration and do the things in my life and then I had a a, a one-on-one a heart-to-heart with God where I was just mad and then um, a random encounter got invited to passion and then from there it's just been you know what they say the rest is history so yeah (laughs) So, as as I listen to you, a couple things happen, like, come through my head. Um, first, I put sports as my identity when I was in high school. Um, mm-hmm. I, I so actually what, what did. Sport? So, I did gymnastics. Yeah. So, my entire life, I did just about any sport you could think of. Mm-hmm. And then freshman year, I signed up for gymnastics thinking I would never do it. And I went into practice one day, and I was like, this is the best thing in my life. So I dedicated my entire high school, basically, to gymnastics um, to the point where, like, senior year, I I didn't go out. I didn't do anything. Normally, that's not even in my nature, but I definitely, like, had a decrease in, like, my social um, my, mm-hmm. like my social reputation or whatever, I, I just started decreasing because I never went on anymore. I just only dedicated mm-hmm. my time to gymnastics. Yeah. And when I got injured, cause I broke, I broke a couple things. So my freshman year, um, I broke my knee, um, sophomore year ankle. This is, this is high school or yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, sophomore year, dude, my ankles are so bad. Um, I, I went to the doctor and he was like, all right, you're basically, by the time you're 22, you're going to know when it's going to rain or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, sounds good. Um, that actually hasn't happened yet, so yeah. that's really cool. But, um, I, I mean, I I sprained my ankle so many times. Junior year, I broke my foot. Um, and I remember my junior year specifically because that was supposed to be the year that I was going to go to state. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, like, right in the beginning of the season, so I didn't even get to compete, and I broke my foot, and I was out for the entire season. I was like, what is happening? Like, why is this happening to me? Because I put my identity in that so much growing mm-hmm. up. And then I had a couple God moments. I actually had one yesterday where it was like, I don't know what changed, but actually, I can tell you exactly what changed. I listened to somebody one time, and he said, I, I used to pray where I would ask God for specific things. God, please give me this. God, please give me that. And I mentioned this before, but I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And what I do now is I say, hey, whatever it is that you want me to do, um, give me the strength to do it. Give me the power to do it. Like, yeah. put, put your will on me. Do your will on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just let me be that that person that, that fulfills what it is that you have for me. Yeah, that's, that's a powerful but also dangerous prayer. Cause really? Like some people won't realize like what God will hand you. Yeah. And I'm sure you probably have some like 
moments where it's like, I didn't realize you're going to ask this, but you know, since I prayed it, like I'm there. This is how this happened. Mm -hmm. I was, I was at church, a Ram church. I'd never been to in my entire life. I only went there one time. It was in Indiana. So basically I had a God moment in the sense of, I went through a really hard time and I called my boss. He lived in Indiana and he was like coming to me, be with my family. Like, we'll, we'll try to get you in a better mood or we'll try to help you out. And that spurred a bunch of these random things that happened to me that basically led me to God um, and, and made mm -hmm. my faith stronger than I ever was before. But I was crying to God. I was like, why, like, why do I feel this way? Like, please help me. I don't want to feel this way anymore. Yeah. Uh, and he definitely helped me. And then we go into church and the, the pastor is literally talking about the one thing that scared me the most, which was death at the time, because mm -hmm. I've always struggled with that. Yeah. And now I, I don't even care about it anymore. Like it doesn't even bother me anymore because I know and I have such conviction and such faith in like what's going to happen after. Yeah. But um, going, where was I going with this? So when the, when the pastor was doing his sermon, yeah, I felt like my mind was going at a hundred times like a second and it was like, Nick, like, this is what you need to do. Nick, this is what you need to do. And I was like mm -hmm. fighting. I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. It was like, no, you need to do this. I'm like, all right, I guess I need to do this. Yeah. And this was what it was. Um, and what was I going to say? This being the podcast. Yes. This being yes. The this being yeah. the podcast. Exactly. And that all came from praying that prayer. Yeah. Well, no, what happened was me changing the way I prayed happened shortly after what happened at the church. Mm -hmm. And... You're right, because you can say that, but you better be prepared for it. Yeah. Because he'll put something in your hands. Yes. And he will definitely change the way that you think and he'll, he'll do a complete 180. So if you say, God, put your will on me, be ready to completely change the way your day to day is. Yeah. Because he will rewire the way you think. He will take things. things away from you, 100%. too. Yes. I remember praying for the first time to like soften my heart yeah and dude like as a guy i'm not i'm not the most tender you know like guys are yeah. kind of raised it's like you're a male rub some dirt on it you're good like right male bravado kind of thing and i remember like i was like god like soften my heart like break my heart for what breaks yours and dude i was driving down through it downtown elena i just see almost person i started tearing up i was like no. man god i like I prayed for this, so I'm like glad it's happening, but I'm like, I didn't know if I'm at this song. <laughs> so I definitely know what you're meaning with like, they, there are some prayers that it's like, well, like he'll really just change the way you, you look at things, change the way, you know, you operate because he will bring it to your attention, especially with like when you're saying, hey, like God, like let your will be done in my life. Like, yep. Let, let me like submit to every authority that you have for whether it be a podcast like this or going into full-time ministry or making what you're currently doing ministry. There are so many things that he will put in your hands because so many people don't, one of the, one of the series that I had listened, I had the, the like opportunity to hear mm -hmm. at passion, like a couple of weeks after I'd been going through the invite that I was talking about earlier was a sermon series called Passion, Purpose, and Designer Genes. Okay. And so like the basis of it was everyone has a, a like every person has a distinct passion, but everyone has a universal purpose. And the purpose is to know God and make God known. The passion is whatever God has given you to make that, you know, purpose achievable. Yes. And so, and then the designer jeans part, he was just talking about some guy that like came from like Nashville or something who decided to make, 
designer jeans, his ministry. So he likes sewing a Bible verse. So it's like, no way. And then, and so it's like stuff like that where my, I know, like, you know, our passion for me is just like my passion. I always tell people my, my passion is people. Okay. And so, and then I know my purpose is to know God and make God known. So it's like, I can do that with people. And so that's when my, t- my frame of reference changed from, cause I, I was going to go pre-med and I was like, really? I was yeah. too. And I was like, I can, I can obviously impact people with that. Cause yeah. like, you know, you could literally save a life. But then I was like, that's not, I'm, I, first I'm not a great student. So I probably <laughs> wouldn't have made a good doctor um, in full transparency. But then I was like, I just love people. And, and I, I, like, I've been in a broken place. I see people in a broken place. And it's like, I want to help them out of that. So like my passion is for full-time ministry. And right now it's like students and uh, like young professionals, young adults. So it's like meeting with them, getting like in relationship with them, growing with them and just kind of like being that caveat for people to, to open up, you know? How did, so your passion is people, you know, your purpose. Mm-hmm. How did it go from, okay, people are my passion I'm going to go into ministry. Yeah. Um, a lot of that is still due to sports because really? since I got injured in sports, I was, like I said, not not the greatest student. I was always told, like in high school, if I ever applied myself, I'd be like the smartest <laughs> kid in school. Yeah. I just don't apply myself, which isn't, right. which isn't, which isn't great. I'm, I'm getting better at it. Uh, we're all growing. But um I had been playing soccer. That was like my main sport. I played basically every sport you could, but yeah. um, as well. But I played soccer, and that's what I put the most of my time and effort into because it was at the time what I thought I was going to be the best at. And I had, you know, some recognition for it. I had some colleges reaching out and stuff like that. But um, due to just some coaching issues in at my high school, I kind of lost the love for the game just because the way, you know, like – Leaders can yes. impact the way you your 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 um outlook on things. So it kind of impacted the way I saw the sport, and I kind of fell out of love with it. And then pl- on top of that, I got injured. So all these walk ons and uh, offers that I had, they all got like retracted because Jeez. um with soccer for a D one school, they get nine point eight scholarships, like full scholarships. Um, and they typically like will have a 25 to 26 man roster. So it's like competitive. So when they heard I got injured, um, everyone, just took everyone it away. was like whoosh, gone. They were like, gone. Pulled the rug out. So the injury, cause I was a goalkeeper, was actually like, yeah, I hurt my foot, but then I also had like this ongoing shoulder thing that was not fun. Mm-hmm. But then, so senior year of high school comes around and I can still like kick and stuff cause my foot was back. Right. And so, um, our football coach was like, Hey, our kicker got injured. I know you like played soccer and you're not, would you want to play football? Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't know. <laughs> and I was in weight training and he was like the weight training class teacher. Like every high school has their football coaches or weight training. <laughs> yeah. But, um, he, he's like, man, uh, tomorrow, if you got cleats, just bring them. You're not going to be working out tomorrow. I'm like, why? He goes, you're going to be out there kicking balls, and we're going to see if you can kick a ball. This is in class? Yeah. So <laughs> I show up the next day. It was like a Tuesday, um, and I go in there. Everyone's working out. Coach Queen's like, hey, Will, come on. We're going outside, and I walk out there with him. And Coach Queen, just to give you frame of reference, he's like 6'5". Yeah. He looks like Mr. Clean, bald head, okay. white guy, just big. 
And he's like, we're going outside. You're going to kick a ball. I go out there and I kick one. He goes, you're hired. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess I'm playing football now. And that was like, a, actually it wasn't a Tuesday. It was like a Wednesday because we had a game that Friday. In mm. order to play football in the state of Georgia for high school, you have to like at least have like four dress practices. Really? So I dressed that day. <laughs> and then I had a one-on-one -on -one practice the next morning where I dressed. That way I could get enough Counts dress. Counts as a practice. Yeah, yeah, that way I could get enough dress practices in before the game. And I, I played that game, you know, did well. I mean, uh, I'm not trying to like discredit kickers, but like in high school, kickers yeah. aren't the most pivotal because in high school, there's either like they are close games or they're not. Right. And like in my case, most of our games were not. We, we were a pretty good team. And <laughs> no so, pressure or anything. Yeah. For you I, then I too. mean, I think I punted like twice there and just kicked a bunch of PATs. Yeah. So it wasn't nothing uh, crazy. But because I say all that, because I hadn't yet taken my like testing for Georgia, like ACT, SAT. Mm -hmm. So I was behind the ball and this was my senior year as far as applying to colleges. And so this, this avenue of sports, I, I remember getting to this point where I was like, like, God, I need, I need like a bone, like, give me something. Uh, I don't know where I'm going. And my dad's a very direct person. Yeah. So he's like, well, like, what's the next step? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and so it got to this point where I was like, I'm like, I feel like I'm playing catch up. I feel like I'm behind the, the eight ball here. And so it was after like our second or third game, this, this university called Point University reached out and they were in AIA. Um, private Christian school and they're like hey we like want to bring you in for a lot of money how did they find you I just went I went to a 7a high school in Georgia so okay. like, it's a big it's a big recruiting pool for like schools and since there wasn't much film on me I wasn't getting much interest for like d1 schools yeah I, I mean I had a few but like nothing over nothing reasonable like they would have paid for like 20% tuition and then I'm still out of state paying yeah. a ton of money oh yeah but point it was in state um, they were like, Hey, we want to pay all, but like $500 a semester. So I basically had a full ride. And then, um, I did that and I went there. I, I literally had no, no clue what point university was. So like literally two days later, I look up, I'm finally like, Hey, I talked to that coach. I guess I should look it up. I looked it up and I was like, Oh, it's a private Christian. God. Okay. Did you, I, did you even know it was a, a Christian school? No, before that? no. Cause I was oh. like, I, I remember asking God, like, give me a bone. And then that happened. And, but at the same time, like I was kind of getting my ego fueled by getting all these like attention from uh, D1 schools. Yeah. Like they would pull in. We had like a couple linebackers that went like D1 to notable schools. So their coaches would come to meet with them. They'd be like, they'd say on the announcements, hey, we need Caleb and Will. And I'm like, okay. We're about to talk to a coach. <laughs> I go in there and it's like the North Carolina coach or something. I'm like, I'm on that guy. But none of them were actually that interested. But uh, so that was good to, you know, bring me back down to earth. But um, I looked at point. And I was like, it's a private Christian school. And like a few days earlier, I had been like, God, give me something. And I was like, okay, he gave me something. And so without even like thinking the rest through, I was like, this is it. I told my dad, I'm like, I'm going there. And he's like, really? And wow. I'm, I'm like a big people person. I love big schools. I love, you know, the environment of a lot of people. Yeah. And we go down there to, to tour the school. It, it has a thousand students. It's smaller than my high school. And he, my dad goes, are you sure you still want to go here? And I'm like, man, I'll know everybody in two days. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> so I go and I, and I, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, but the Lord was leading me in this direction to come Ministry. back to Atlanta oh, okay. and, and finish up my degree through SEU. 
Um, but even when I was down at Point, I spent most of my time down with that college ministry in Auburn because Point was only like a 30-minute drive from Auburn. So that that's how it led me to college. And, and college was the moment when I was looking at that degree audit oh, freshman year. I was like, I don't want to do business because mm-hmm. that was like the number one thing they had. And then it was like criminal justice. Nah, I don't want to do that. This was after I decided I didn't want to be pre-med because they had like a feeder for that. Yeah. And then I was just like, you know what? It's a Christian school. Let's look, let's look at these at the bottom. And I go down and there was one for, it was like a double major. I was like, okay, a double major makes sense because like if one doesn't work out, the other one <laughs> You will. got the other one. So, so like I, thought, I chose the most basic one, which was the biblical studies. I was like, that can get me like anywhere in the church pseudo realm. Right. And then the other one was preaching ministry. I was like, because if I want to like preach and vocationally speak, um, like that would be an option that, that, would, that would qualify me for that. So I did those two. Now I technically don't have either of them because I'm at a completely different school, but sure. I'm, I'm getting the, those degrees um, now just through a different um, school. But that, that's what led me to, as you were, the opening question to this was like, what led me to that university and what led me to like making the, the choices mm-hmm. that got me to like here. Um, it was definitely still sports for me because mm-hmm. like, it was, and it was a redemptive thing in that too. Cause like I was saying earlier, I put all my identity into it. Yep. And then it was such an unhealthy thing for me. And God used that unhealthy thing for me to put me on a platform to like grow. And so I, I, I was then there and I'm sure you can kind of attest to the fact that like the sports realm, when you put a lot into it, mm. it been, it can really become not only unhealthy for yourself, but unhealthy as you like view others. Yeah. Cause especially I'm sure with gymnastics because it's it's a pretty individualistic sport. It's very individual. And you are looking at all these people you're competing against Yep. and you're like, am I better or am I Am I better than them? Literally, that's exactly Mm -hmm. what you do every time. So I'd be warming up. uh, Floor floor and vault were my my specialties. Um, So I would literally be on the floor mat watching other people go and be like, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. Okay, I might not be you, so I got to watch out. Like I would Mm -hmm. do this every single meet. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that can create like a toxic thing in you. And so like, I was like, dang, I'm gonna, I'm committing to do, you know, sports again in college. And I had seen it as such a a ugly thing for a little bit of time. And I was like, you know, but there's, there's something to it. Like God, God really gave me this opportunity. So I went into college with an open mind of like, I can, you know, still perform well, Mm -hmm. um, within the sport. But it's not what qualifies me as, you know, like good or bad. Because a lot of times for me, it was like in soccer, because I wasn't the best. It was like, I would see someone that's better than me. I'm like, dang, I'm not good. Mm. And then in football, I came in and I, I mean, I, our, our starting kicker got injured um, and he already had a scholarship, so he's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had plenty of like recovery time, so he kept his scholarship. He was good. And then the, his backup kicker, I came in and was instantly started over. So I, I felt appreciated and I felt like approved and affirmed. But then I got to college and it was like, I'm third on the depth chart. I'm a freshman. I'm like, am I, am I good? Yeah. But then I changed. I asked like, I was like, God, like you wouldn't put me back into sports unless there was something for me to do in it. And so that took me to the part where it was like, my performance doesn't define who I am as a person. And I love that. Yeah. It eventually, I mean, it got to the point where as a freshman, I, I eventually got to where I was starting and like, that was cool to see God use that too. Cause like whether or not I, I let it affect me a lot, mm-hmm. it still affected me in a little bit. Cause 
I mean, I still had that background of the engraved like sports matter and it's, sports is like important. It's hard to unlearn things sometimes. So for sure. Yeah. So I mean, having the, the mental awareness to be like, okay, this is how I feel right now. I don't want to feel this way anymore. What can I do in order to fix that? That takes a lot of courage and, and a lot of just power alone to, to be able mm-hmm. to get there. And then on top of it, once you even are aware of it happening, to be able to no longer feel that way anymore is a whole yeah. other power to yeah. it. Because, I mean, you can look at some of the, the most prestigious like athletes in the world and, and they'll say like on any given day, like in a post-game presser, I didn't do like my best or I didn't do good enough. I didn't do X, Y, or Z. And it's like that same person could have also scored like four goals. Yeah. Like you can think back to like recently, um, the World Cup, Mbappe scored three goals in the final and didn't win. Yeah. But he, my thing is like, I, I almost felt bad for him because I'm like, he performed at the biggest stage in the biggest way possible, but he's still laying his head on his pillow at night as a loser. Yeah. And if he, if he embodies that, like that can affect you. Um, so it was kind of that change of like mindset for me of like, I'm not going to let, you know, my place on the depth chart, me missing a field goal, me not doing a lot of practice, you know, affect my sleep. Cause like really, if you take it back to like, man, if it's keeping you up at night or if it's like messing with like something that you essentially as a human need, like sleep or eating, Mm. if it affects one of those two things, it's, it's, it's deeply rooted. So I was like, I'm not going to lose sleep over stuff like this anymore. Um, so that, that kind of was my flip there with that in sports and and then oddly enough kind of with the the gymnastics after two years of football I was like I feel like I've done everything I, I can mm. um to, to invest in this team I've performed well and then I was like you know I also need to still make school affordable yeah so I started cheering at really? my college no uh, way so kind of with the gymnastics thing so I, I did cheerleading che- as well yeah, no, I started cheering and then that became a ministry for me too. No but way. Cheering gave me a little bit more freedom as far as it wasn't as time because we didn't have like two workouts a day. No. We still had a long practice, but I had more freedom to go invest into that um, college ministry that I was a part of. So that was kind of my direction through how God used sports as a redemptive thing. Cause at one point it was like almost a cage for me that the devil was using mm. to, to divert my attention and then God used it in a redemptive way to alter the way I, I looked at it to see it almost as a ministry. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So, all right, you, you were in football and then you went into cheerleading. Um, based on my experience, when, when you joined cheer, um, your teammates, you spend a lot of time with your teammates a lot. A lot. Would you say that that also helped with your faith. I'm I'm trying to get a picture of how the like the environment was with your teammates. Were they also like devout Christians? Were they also searching for what you were searching for? How did that go? Um I definitely think when it came to there were some guys on the football team that would show up to this college ministry mm-hmm. and would show up and be there consistently like sell out for it. So like they personally like inspired me because I was like I got invited by one of them the first time that's how I got introduced to the ministry and then once that guy because he was a senior at the time once he like got out of it and then I was a sophomore I was taking people mm-hmm. kind of how he took me I started taking people. that's awesome <clears throat> and they started coming more regularly and so that that did encourage me um it did like show me you know the fruit because sometimes when you don't see the fruit it can be tough to keep you know 
planting. Yes. And so um, I saw that fruit in that. And then with cheer, it was it was a little bit more of a, a different. It was completely different for me. Cause, okay. Um, it was me and one other guy on the team. Everybody else was girls, which for me is like girls had been a temptation. So I was like, I got oh, yeah. to get used to this. Yes. So and then also because I had no experience with you. I remember the first time I came into a practice, I'm sitting there and she's just like, yeah, like grab me by the butt. I'm yeah. like, huh? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, like put like grab my leg yep. down near the ankle, like put your hand on my butt, shove me up there, grab my feet. Yep. I'm like. Your back spot. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, D- are, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there because like, I, that was something that I knew was a temptation for me. So I was right. like, I got to stay away from it. Yeah. And that was like, all of a sudden, like, that's what like I'm doing. Like, you need to do it. Yeah. And I remember one time, like, I don't, I'm not going to say the girl's name because I don't want to embarrass her. Sure. She, she might, if she ever hears this, she might hate me. But I remember it was like two or three weeks in and a girl was falling. And, yeah. I, you know, when they're falling, it's just like, don't let them hit the ground. Yes. And I just grab. Good. And yeah, good. My hand ends up uh, yanking her bra off. Oh, I have no. her like by her spandex. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, she like readjusts herself, yeah. puts her clothes back on, gives me a big hug. Thank yes. you. you. Thank just, you for yes. saving my life. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, I'm the worst human being no. on earth. But no, like I was able to make a really good community with them because they hadn't had First off, like it was the first time in the history of our school that we had any guys. Yep. So there was two of us. And it was also the first time for most of these girls where they had a, a guy, not necessarily a parent, but like a guy their age who was like really sold out to God. And so some of them would come to church, not not necessarily like regularly, but they came. Yeah. It got to the point where people would ask me questions, which That's was like so dope. Cool. Um, so it, it was definitely but it was, it was hard in a way, too, because we would be traveling mm. and, uh, you know, you'd be arrogant to think or ignorant to think that, like, when a college team travels to Louisiana, that they don't go try to sneak out and do stuff. Like, right. Uh, um, it kind of happened. And then I was like, that was a moment where it was like, am I going to really be about what I'm like? Practice what you preach. Am I really going to be about yes. it? And I think those were it was the, almost like, a test, right? Yeah. I think those were like the defining moments where I was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick to what I know. I'm going to really just like be disciplined here. And then it was like after moments like that where people would come back from doing whatever mm-hmm. and they'd be like, Will, like, why do you not do that stuff? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like, thanks God, like for giving me this, giving me this opportunity to just like be in this and, and, and kind of talk to them and let them open the door. So that was, that was that sports transition for me. It's but. crazy too, because I was listening. One thing that, so we talked about having free time. And one thing that I've really been changing my free time with is what I do when I'm not working on something. So mm-hmm. instead of just watching random YouTube videos when I'm eating dinner, I put on Sadie Robertson videos and I listened to like her talk. And one of the things that she talked about was like her testimony of which she was a basketball player on like the 13U uh, like junior Olympic team or whatever it was. I didn't know and that. yeah, and, nice. and she went to, um, I forgot, it was a different country and her family couldn't afford it at the time. This was before Duck Dynasty. <laughs> and 
they went to parties like there it was like an, mm-hmm. a, the entire like everybody training it wasn't just a basketball team it was everyone on that like junior olympic roster whatever it was yeah they would have like this big party or whatever and she didn't want to go but they said that she had to go so she said that she would literally just sit in front of like the house the entire time and just sit there and chill or whatever and people yeah. would come up to her and there'd be two people um, the type of people that would make fun of her for her beliefs and, mm. and her faith. And then the other people who were curious about it. Yeah. And her coach went up to her at the end and they were like, I've never seen someone that was so convicted in Christ before. And, and they would like stray away from these temptations and mm-hmm. stick to what they believe in. So they actually asked her, I think it was like to, to hold the flag or whatever during the, the, the final ceremonies That's or cool. whatever. And I thought that was so cool, but it kind of mm-hmm. re- reminded me of what you were saying, where it was like, you, you had to decide like, Hey, who am I? Am I a Christian or yeah. am I going to fall into these different temptations? Yeah. And I think that's really cool, dude. No, it was definitely. And, and it, you know, the devil, he, he is cunning. Yeah. But I, I don't know if he's necessarily smart because he was like, I'm going to get you in that. And he had gotten me in it before. So I was yeah. like, I've learned, bro. Yes. Like, I've learned. Yes. Like in high school, during that period before I really stepped into faith, I went down those roads where I was like, I'm going to go try this stuff. I'm going to go party. I'm going to go, you know, be with people I shouldn't be with. Yep. And um, then I got to that moment and the devil tried to get, I'm like, man, do you not think We've I'm, done this before. I was <laughs> like, do you not think I've grown a little bit? Yeah. And so like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, don't watch out for the devil, but he often will use things that have worked in the past and yes. think they're going to work again. And so, yeah, I def- I definitely had that initial thought of like, man, I remember in high school, I did have that one fun party. I could do that again. And I was like, but you know what? Like I've learned. And it's like, that's not me. That's not my it's identity not anymore. That is no longer yeah. part of my identity. Yeah. I have decided to change who I mm-hmm. am for the better. 100%. I love that, dude. Something similar has happened to me too, where I, it was like, I used to fall into, into sin and, um, like I, I thought that it was inescapable. And then mm-hmm. I made the decision one time, like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah, no, no. And that, that, that the phrase, the way you phrase that, though, like falling into sin yes. indicates it's like a passive thing. Like you yes. just trip up. Yes. You don't fall. Like, no. And I always tell people this. I'm like, man, I remember hearing, uh, you, you go to the Cumberland campus. Pastor, I do. Right? Yeah. So Grant, I remember yeah. Grant was speaking one time and there was, there's something he said that I'll never forget. And he's like, some Christians have become so like disconnected to sin that they don't even call it sin anymore. They yes. just call it a struggle. Yes. And I was like, that's so true. And that made me realize that like phrases, like I fall into sin. I'm like, no, you don't fall. Like, you choose you do to it. do it. You do it. And honestly, the one thing that, that made me change this too, and it's so stupid, like it makes no sense. So um, <laughs> I, I have a TikTok for my, um, for Beyond Doubt, right? Mm-hmm. For my clothing. Yeah. Okay. So, but the only thing I ever look at when it comes to TikTok is like Christian things. So I, I heard all the Christian things. Yeah. So my, my entire feed is flood with all the, yeah. exactly. So you pack it. Yes. So I was, I was scrolling one time and I saw it was it was this dumb TikTok, but it was basically like this dude and he was like, Hey God, like please don't judge me right now, like I'm about to fall into lust or whatever. And he's like, If you know you're about to do it, then why are you gonna do it? And he's like, I, I just can't, like I can't help myself. And he's like, You know it's bad, you are sinning against me. Like, don't do it, put your phone down. Yeah. And he's like, All right, fine. And after I watched that, it, yeah. like how you said, you're not falling into sin. You are making the decision. I'm like, I'm making the decision every single time. Like if I want to, if I want to look at pornography or if I want to, if I want to like, um, have these For interactions sure. with these girls or whatever, it's like, For I sure. am making that decision every single time to yeah, do no. it. And I'm just not going to do it. And anymore. it makes it so much more personal. Yes. Especially when you realize your relationship with God is like a personal thing. Cause you're like, 
God, I am literally in this moment choosing this phone screen over you. Yep. And then and then you have the arrogance. Yes. I would say it's yeah. arrogance and also ignorance to think that he doesn't know. It's right. Like, it's like it was just me and a phone screen. He know yeah. he don't know. Yeah. But then then next time you pray, you're not praying as you know. Yeah. Spirit filled and as love. No. It's like, hey, I did this earlier. It's like, don't do that anymore. Just stop no, doing it. I remember because I had that like that struggle with like lust and and pornography. And I remember, and, and it, I, I still think it's a battle. Like, I don't think, sure, you know. Sure, Because like the devil will use the same thing that he's using in the past. It's work. Exactly. So like how like, you were saying. So exactly. Like, it used to work. I, I mean, it's, it's better now, you know. Yeah. And so, but I, I definitely know that there have been times where it's like, that is what he's been using that's what he's been like trying to feed me that the enemy's been trying to hand me and i'm just like you know and there's that bible verse like flee like literally flee mm. and i'm just like it's me and a phone screen so if the phone screen's what's messing me up yeah. get more eyes on the phone screen so i started asking people hey put like a i have like the screen time lock where i don't even know the password. i love that my friend that lives he, oh. he lives in st louis he lives yeah. in missouri yeah. he has my password so it's like I can't even, no way. I couldn't even be like, yo, if I text him, yo, I need the password. He'd be like, what for? I'm like, I'm <laughs> stuck. And so he has my one for my phone. My roommate has my one for my computer. So it's like, if I try to show it, if I try to go to it, I can't. It's like, and it, I also think it's about using like, I, I think it'd be dumb not to use those resources. Yeah. Like, yes, that was something made by somebody, a tech at Apple. Yeah. Who was thinking this can just help somebody, you know, not be on their phone as much. Yeah. But that's also helping me yes. not go to that place of sin anymore. Yeah. And I think you'd be dumb not to use that. Yeah. Because I, I talked to somebody, it was about, it was probably like six months ago. And he goes, I just feel like that's a, a way to cheat myself away from sinning. I'm like, why wouldn't you want to cheat your Change way? Change your from, spirit, bro. I, and I'm sitting there like, why wouldn't you want to cheat your way uh, away from sin? Like, man, I cheated my way through college. Like, <laughs> I definitely want to cheat away from sin. <laughs> Why would I not? And, um, so, and yeah. how about the feeling though of when, all right, so you used to fall into these temptations, right? Or not fall, mm -hmm. but you, you used to choose to do these sins, yeah. right? How amazing is it when you no longer have that power against you? When you have that, that, no, yes. it's a liberating feeling. Oh. And, and so many people think that like, if I'm, if I'm, I've had this like question posed to me many times by people that aren't fully there. Yeah. Um, and they're like fully there as far as like they're not sold out to God. They, right. They're they're questioning what they might fall into that agnostic category. And they're like, why would you want a God that can limit so much of what you do? Mm. I'm like, it's not limiting. It's freeing. Yes. The things, yes. The, things yes. That he, the things that he tries to take away from you are the things that make you feel like you're in bondage. Exactly. Like it's sin of, of sex uh, before marriage, sin of uh, pornography, sin of you know, lying to your parents, like it's right. something as little as that, that right. gets you that little bit of guilt that like weighs on you. You feel unclean you. almost. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It oppresses you. God's the one that's trying to limit those things, which removes that weight. So it's, it, it, yes, it is like from the eyes of the secular world, like limiting, but it's limiting in a way where it limits the, like the amount of weight that gets put on you as a person. Because the, the the enemy likes to operate in shame, and it's like I don't want shame, man. Grant like, talked about wanna... this. I think it was Grant. Yeah, it dude. was it was shame versus guilt or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, mm -hmm. sir. It's so it, it's so encouraging to see that. Like how we were just saying, it's encouraging to see when it's like that thing that used to get you, it ain't got you no more. Do you listen to any other podcast? 
I listened to the dude the Sadie Robertson one. Um, I I like to watch a lot of past passion um, like sermons, sermons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I watched that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing Have you else. Ever listened really. to um, this is something just me. It, it kind of talks all aspects of life, but it's a leadership podcast. It's called mm-hmm. Leadership Lean In by Chad Veach, the pastor out in uh, L.A. Okay, and it. There have been so many like nuggets that I've gotten from that that have helped so much. Um, I, he was talking, it was 10, ta- 10 habits of a healthy leader. Okay. And I was like going through them. And one of them was that they're always correcting themselves. And that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's like, it, I think it'd be dumb not to use a resource like a screen time limit thing to yep. where it can also limit what site, like literally they're like, I can't go to TMZ. Like TMZ mm-hmm. isn't necessarily, I'm not going to say for me, for some people it might, TMZ is not a breeding ground for sin, but like, because that's filtered as a content, like a possibly explicit content website, mm-hmm. I can't see it. <laughs> so it's like, why wouldn't you want something like that in your corner? Because like that, that podcast was saying, it was like, they are constantly correcting themselves. It's if you see yourself drifting or straying, how can you get back? And so for me, like think easy things like that. It's like whenever I someone comes with, to me and I'm, they tell me, the first time I ever told a leader this, he was like, "Why do you still sleep with it in your room?" Yeah. He's like, "Why do you still sleep with the the, the computer or the phone, oh, the yeah, screen yeah. Sure. that you're you know using as an avenue to sin? Yeah. Why are you still sleeping out with your room? Keep your room a, a holy place." Because I was sitting there, I was like, "I hate going in my bedroom." He's like, "No, you don't hate going in your bedroom. You hate looking at your computer." Uh. And I'm like, "Dang, you're right." He's like, it's nothing to do with your bedroom. You put the computer in the, the living room and you're, you're going to hit the it. living room. And it's like, and it's like, cause you, and he goes, he turns tells me, he goes, cause I don't think you're going to go in your living room with your roommate right beside you and right. go, you know, watch. Right. So I was like, you know, that makes sense. There, well, you, you had that. So there was something going on before. Cause we were talking about freedom and, and, and no longer sinning. And one thing that I've struggled with too was like, mm-hmm feeling of control like i need to control everything mm-hmm. and by following god you literally submit that control and you give it to him like when i told you when i pray it's like hey yeah. do your will on me like hey whatever it is that you want me to do that's a I, word exactly yeah so no longer having control or whatever you would think that it would make my anxiety worse you would mm-hmm. think that it would make me fear more does the exact opposite yeah. please explain to me how the person that hates not having control is so at peace by not having control and giving yeah. it to God. Yeah, no, that's explaining that. <laughs> you can't like it's it's <laughs> it's a God thing. Yes, yeah, um, and that's why I feel like so many people when they have questions, like the people that are questioning faith, questioning God, when they have those questions, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. There are things that God operates in that we can't comprehend as like people. Yeah, and. You also have to just come to grips with that. It's like, man, I don't understand how predestination works, but man, I love God. Yeah. Like I'm good. <laughs> and it's like people ask that question, man, why well, why do you believe in a God that, that contradicts himself? He says free will, but he also says predestination, like yada, yada, yada. Mm. I'm like, man, you know, that's a great question I get to ask him someday. Cause you know what? I know God. Like I'm good. Someone someone explained this uh once again on a YouTube video and they were like if you had a child and 
you programmed them to do everything you told them to do, mm-hmm. would you, would you feel the love? Like, would you feel like they love you and be like, yeah. no, cause they're forced upon it. Yeah. It was like, exactly. It, it was like, God 100%. loves you so much that he gives you the power of free will. He wants, obviously he wants you to come to him, but like he yeah. lets you make that decision for yourself. And that makes him even more powerful. Though. God is so respectful. Yes. God is so respectful. Like, in a, in in his in his power, he could in a moment of you wanting to go watch something on your phone that's going to lead to sin, he could destroy the phone. Right. But he's so respectful of what you want to explore, and and he's he's made that known through the 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 uh, theology and ideology of free will mm-hmm. that he'll let you do it, and it's like because he wants somebody that is after his heart, like a David, a man after his own heart. But David for a season wasn't that. Yeah. And he didn't smite David because of it. No. He let him come to that point. So it's like, if you want to go explore, you know, the partying culture, and I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but like right. if you want to go drink every Friday night, every Saturday night, like go for it. God's going to respect it. He won't honor it because yeah. you can't honor something that's not good. Right. But he'll let you explore it. Yep. And then guess what? When you finally do something that's good, he'll honor it. And then you'll be like, wow, that was rewarding. And, and then see how it changes you too. Like you will, you will naturally feel a difference. And, and in my opinion, whether you believe in God and whether you don't, you will feel a difference between doing something good and doing something bad. If you go out, mm-hmm. the people that most of the time, I would say most of the time, and I'm making an assumption here, but I think I'm right. The people that go out, the people that party, the people that drink a lot, they don't, they kind of feel, you feel empty though. Yeah, there's still emptiness and you don't understand like the fulfillment that we were talking Mm -hmm. about before. Like there's no fulfillment in. Yeah, there's no fruit in it. Yes. Yeah. So I 100 percent there. There's so much of like I've that was something that I kind of really came to know this past summer was like God will honor the things that are good in your life. And those are the things that are like you want to do more of because like you when it's honoring when he's honoring it, it's fulfilling because like, mm-hmm. he's going to, he's going to give you immensely more than what you could think. And, um, and you might not see it right away, but you'll get the harvest. Yes. And so I, I came to grips with that this summer cause I had put in so much time where I was like, God, like I want to do full-time ministry, but I was currently at his church where I had been interning for like two years and there's no, and I love, I loved church of Highlands. That's where I was at. Mm-hmm. And there's like, this is not a shot at them, but they're such a big church. Yeah. But they're so well staffed. They have so many great leaders. And I was like, I put so much time into this church and this ministry, but I haven't even talked to them about the idea of getting hired. Like, where's the fruit in this? And then I get this internship here and literally like, we want you to stay. And he's like, man, 2020, 2023 or 2030, man, you're launching a church. And I'm like, huh? And he's like, yeah, 2030, or you're launching a church. He's like speaking that into me. I love that. And it's like, I love that. All the moments that I've put in, that he honored them and I didn't necessarily see the fruit until just now. And it's like so many people would get into this idea of like, I'm not seeing any fruit at all. Instant gratification. Yeah. Instant gratification. They're, yeah. They're saying, I'm not, I'm not seeing any fruit at all. Um, but some of those people are also, they're not seeing any fruit at all, but they're not doing anything that God can honor. Right. So the, the people that go out or the people that sleep around or the people, and that, like I said, no condemnation here. Yeah, we're not like, judging. No, no, no. Like I love anybody and everybody. Right. Like that's what I'm called to do. But like for those people that are living that lifestyle and they don't have that conviction upon them yet, because I feel like once the Holy Spirit's actually working in them, they will. Yes. But I, I, those people that are living that way, 
they, they, they can't really get anything that will be honored by God. So they're just like, I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting anything. So I'm, I'm not going to change my ways. But the second they do one thing yep. that God can honor, yep. and it might not be instant, like you're saying, there's an instant gratification. If you're just living for that, like you're going to be struggling for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to be in shambles. But once he, once you do one thing, go to church once and he can honor that. Like you'll see it and you feel it. Like you really do. You do. I remember one time I was doing this, this serve project and I was wearing this serve shirt and I was like, man, it was a day where I was like, I really did. I wasn't feeling great when I woke up, mm-hmm. didn't want to do it. And I was just like, I, I, man, I don't want to. I'm not trying to brag myself here. But this was just a moment where I can think of like the honoring moment of it. Yeah. I was leaving and I'm a broke college kid at the time. I'm a broke college kid. And I, we finished the serve project. I'm going home. I'm like, dude, I'm starving. I've been up since like five. That's early for me. I'm a college kid. It's still early for me. I don't like waking up early. And um, I get up and I go to this this place and somebody sees that I'm just wearing a surf shirt. Yeah. And they buy me food. I'm like, God honored that. Like, thank God. And like, I of course, thank the person because yeah. they, they were like, okay, I see that that person is served. Buy them food. But that was a moment. Like, that's just a very simple, like, surface level example of you do something and you, but a lot of people think that the honoring has to come from something like super uber spiritual Mm -hmm. it's like dude somebody bought me a meal yeah like that huckleberry finn bought me a meal man like that's not the most spiritual thing ever yeah but if you when once you start realizing that god will honor the good things you'll see stuff like that where it's like in a moment you could glance over that that, that, that's not a god thing but god curated that moment if you're that person was in that restaurant at the same time as me and decided to pay for it because of god i would say if you're on the fence and you're like i don't i don't understand like what you're talking about or like I'm I'm afraid to to do the things that aren't comfortable so maybe there there are certain sins that yeah. you become comfortable with and you're like this is mm-hmm. my go-to to make me feel like better right now um whether that be partying whether that be uh alcohol whether that be um sex or, or whatever it is I think what we're trying to say is we challenge you just to take one, yes. one, one, one correct step. Just try it. One, and I'm not saying correct might not be the right. Take one step. Yeah. Like lean in for, for one service and, and you'll see what can happen. Come like, in with an open mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and I've been, the same could be said for us. It's like, I've had people who are like, man, I do this partying thing. You say it's so bad. Yeah. Come check it out. I'm like, oh man, I'll come check it out. Yeah. I come check it out. I'm like, but if I come check it out, you got to come check it out. What church <laughs> sir? It's like, if, if y'all in the Atlanta area, reach out to either one of us yeah. and be like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm that person you're talking about right now. And yes. I just want to, I want to try taking one step in the right direction. Come to Passion City there, with yeah, us. No, for sure. And, and I remember, uh, come, come to Passion. There's so many great churches in the Atlanta area. That's another thing that yeah. we are so lucky with. So there's so many uh, good churches. Yeah. Not, not to go off of what you were saying, but all right. So before I was here, I was in Colorado for a couple months and mm-hmm. Colorado is the complete opposite yeah. of what Atlanta is in the sense of like, even like Christians, like there's no good Christian churches. And I'm sure yeah, there are a lot, yeah. but there's not an, an abundance. Like, yes. You got to dig for them. I, um, I, me and my friend used to live with each other in Indianapolis. And when I went to, he moved to Colorado just mm-hmm. now. And we had this conversation a couple weeks ago where he was like, man, in Indiana, we had, uh, I, I think it was Trader's Point. Um, and we were able to go there and it, it gave me that vibe. Um, yeah. there, there's just no, I'm looking, but I can't find one in Colorado. And I felt bad because 
the Atlanta area it's has so, so many. many. Yeah. And it's like, like I'm with that new church I just planted and we've seen so many people come to that already. And it's like, w- one thing that I think most churches in the Atlanta area too will say is like, if this is a, if this, if this church style ain't your church, go try another one. Yeah. Like live Atlanta where I'm at right now. Um, it's like, Hey, if you don't like our style, go try out Passion City. Yeah. And like go to a church. But what I was like, the, the little tail end of what I was going to say is like, when I heard this on another one of those leadership podcasts, it was like, mm. when you don't know what to do next, just do the next right thing. Yeah. So it's like, if, if y'all haven't tried and you're like, hey, that might be me, um, I, maybe some of these words uh, through the spirit has kind of like convicted something in you and stirred something up. Like, don't feel, don't feel like obligated to take a, a, a step aimlessly mm. reach out to one of us. I'm sure like, this will be posted on our Instagrams where you can go listen to this uh, um, and stuff. So it's like reach out to us on Instagram and we'd love to like sit with you in a service, bro. And um, I I just, I do believe that God honors like so much of what you do. That's good. So it's like, come like open arms, um, open mind and just see what happens. I have another, that's a big thing. I have another uh, add on to this too. Okay. So, for the people that might be on the fence of this whole God thing. Yes, mm-hmm. come to church. Also, we have this thing called the Bible, right? And yeah. it, it's basically like the, I think of honestly, it's like the survival mm-hmm. guide. Like the, the I I like to reference it as like the, the best and first self-help book that was yeah. possibly, that was ever made. Um, <laughs> so for someone who wants to get closer to God, that is going to try to get closer to God. And we say, hey, read the Bible. And they say, how do I start reading the Bible? What would you say to that? Mm, mm, good. That's a great question. One thing I always try to, because it can be, it can be daunting. It's mm. a big book. Like, yeah. I'm not a reader. So it's like, you put that book in front of me. And you're like, Hey man, read this. I'm like, not in my lifetime. <laughs> and so what I would say, and this is like what I tell anybody who's like, I've never read a book of the Bible. I say, start with James. And that might just be me. Cause okay. I do love James, but it's literally two pages. And it is so practical, so like real life. And if you can't, if you read that and you don't get anything, like, I I just don't see you. I really don't see how you can't. So start with James. Yeah, I'm just like, James is such a practical book. If there's nothing in that, that you can sit there and be like, I don't get. And James is the brother of Jesus, like the human brother of Jesus. So it's like, if he, who knew who his brother was born in a a stable, Mm -hmm. basically a manger, in in Bethlehem, he knew that he was just a carpenter's son. He knew all these things that would disqualify him as a king. Right. And he lived with him for all these years before he went on his missionary journey, When before Jesus went on his missionary journey. He lived with them, and he never really saw firsthand all of the miracles that he did when he was with his disciples on all of his journeys. If this guy who had been around him, invested in him, been like seen everything he's done, mm-hmm. He could have, he could have been the person that was most opposed to seeing Jesus as a Messiah, right? Because it's, it's it's that's just my brother, right? He's not a king, he's not the Messiah. He came to this point where he wrote a book. It's literally like, this is my life, and this is what my brother Jesus has shown me. And so it's such a it's such a practical human book for me. And it's like I'll tell anybody that's like I've never read a book of the Bible, never read anything. Sorry, I'm like, James, read James. 
Okay. And if like, if you get a nugget, talk to me about it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And typically there'll be like a topical thing. I'm like, okay, they're talking about that in Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians. <laughs> and then, and that's just, that's just an in. Yes. So it's like, yes, if again, like, and sometimes reading the Bible, like I'm not saying go like, don't go Deuteronomy. That stuff can be confusing. Yeah. Like some yeah. of that Old Testament stuff, like even for me, who's a Bible scholar, I'm like, man, what the freak does this mean? Yeah. And so like read some. And then also don't be afraid to like read it with somebody. Yes. Like we, we live is just now launching. We're launching at the start of next month, live groups. And we're going to have a Bible literacy group where it's literally just like, Hey, how do you lead? How do you read the Bible better? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if you're, if you what, do you know the website for live Atlanta? Yeah. So yeah, if you could just go on Instagram or anything, it's just L I I V A T L. And then that's that's our Instagram, liveatl.com is our, our website. And we have like two service times, but our our small our live group directory will be launching, I believe it is the twenty-eighth of this month, and then they will start um, like groups will start the fifth of February. Okay. And they're eight weeks. So it's like somebody who is great at leading uh, in the capacity of you know, Bible literacy will be leading in eight week and eight weeks isn't a huge commitment. I feel like, yeah. especially for people in Atlanta, cause I know some people that are listening to this, like, man, I'm just so busy. Yeah. One night a week, yep. eight weeks. Yep. And you can learn how to read your Bible and awesome. then you can go read your Bible and just hit me up in the text. Hey man, yes. I never thought I would get this. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. And it's like, those are the honoring things. Come into church, read your Bible. Man, listening to this podcast is just a step. Yep. Like God can honor you listening to this, um, listening to another podcast, listening to a past sermon, like you said. Yes. That's a good habit to do. Because one on thing YouTube. that I'm doing going into 2023 is filtering my media. I love like that. Filtering what I like, because what you bring in will eventually come out in some shape or form. Yes. So it's like eliminating. I'm not saying just for some people, random like, stuff. This, is, this is a conviction for me. And it's not for everybody, but like, I'm like, I'm only going to watch like one episode of a show that I enjoy right. a week. Yeah. Cause like, if I just, I, I could easily sit down and binge watch and waste 16 hours watching a show. Changing your habits, like how we were talking about, right? Changing yeah. your habits to be more like what we want to be. And in this instance, we're trying to be more Christ-like. It's like, okay, what yeah. can we do? What are the habits that we can do instead that fulfills what we're looking for? And Going back to like things that you could be doing, I loved everything you were saying. Um, one thing that's great about these Atlanta churches is we are mm -hmm. available online as well. So yeah. you don't necessarily need to be in Atlanta even yeah, no. in order to experience for the sure. things that we talk about for the most part. Yeah. Like uh, the, the sermons go online. Like, right now, you can think about the fact that Passion Conference yes. is currently happening. Dude, I, I just watched like four of them yesterday. Yeah, no, and literally like people from all around the country, are, yes. are, all around the world are tuning into that. And it's like, so, so maybe you're thinking, oh, I don't have the means to drive to church. Right. If that's a means thing, man, I would also think that we're both willing enough. If you contact us, yeah. if you're in the Atlanta area, man, I would love to come pick you up. Yeah. You might have to thug it out. because Maybe I, you're scared I, yeah. to go alone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Man. Like if you don't have the means to get there, if you're like, oh, I don't know about, I'm not a big, I'm an introvert. Yeah. Man, watch it on computer, watch it on a TV screen. That's cool. But th there is also something to be like being in a, in that setting, being Changes in church. Yeah. So I think all those things are, are really good entry points that somebody can lean into that are questioning. I love how you kind of like lean into that. It's like if you're thinking about it, if this is something where like you've heard something during this podcast and you're like, I, I, I want to explore I'm curious. That. I'm yeah. curious. I have questions. 
And like, that is also to me, someone that is confident enough to step out in that way. That's faith. Yes. If you're confident to step out in that question, God stirred something up in you. That's faith. So like, if you're sitting here thinking, man, I feel like I have no attributes that lead to me being with God. It's like, if you feel a question right now of a next step or of, am I doing this wrong? Am I doing that right? There you go. That's, that's a heart tug. I the love spirit's that. working. Yes. So it's like so many people, and, and I think so many people think God works in miracles and he does, mm -hmm. but miracles can be really small. They can. So it's like, if you feel like a little heart flutter, man, that's God. So <laughs> I, I also like the idea of, Hey, if you have questions, like don't be afraid to ask someone. Um, mm -hmm. and also it, it's not just helping that person, but honestly kind of helps me too. Cause if somebody mm -hmm. asks me a question, say, I don't know the answer to it. It's like, Oh, let me find it out. Like, let me try to find it. So yeah. it's building my knowledge. And then also like by talking, having conversations about God with other people is honestly amazing. It's part of the reason why I'm doing this in the first place. Yeah. Like this isn't just to help someone that might be on the fence of like, Hey, is this something I want to get into more? But it's also helping me because every time I do these episodes, it just increases my faith by having these yeah. conversations. When two or more gather, like a chord strong three is not easily broken. Like, I mean, you can think about that scripture. It's like when you come down and you fellowship with somebody, first off, if, if, it's, if it's not bringing in Jesus, it's two people. But right now we're bringing, you know, Jesus into, this isn't a conversation between me and you. It's a three-way conversation. Yes, like God's listening right now. So like, and th this will create for me, like I already had an appreciation for you because I saw what you were trying to do with your clothing company, which if y'all haven't checked that out, it's really cool. <laughs> Just seeing where he's going with that. We were talking, I don't know if it's going to actually make it in the beginning of the podcast. It might be like the intro. Yeah. He's got some more things coming up, um, which, which will be cool to see. Um, but like stuff like that, I already had an appreciation for you as a, just like you're goal driven, you're young, you're like, you know, really going after something, which I can admire just in anybody, whether you're like in the church realm or not, mm -hmm. if you're, if you're gutsy enough to like go for something, I love that. So it's like seeing that in you. And now we're having this conversation. I have even more of a respect for you as a person. Right. I'm like, dang, this is like somebody I want to spend more time with because right. we're building a relationship here and God's coming into it. It's like, it Same. really can be a galvanizing thing where literally a conversation like this can turn in for you and for me and for people listening. If they have this conversation with somebody, it can turn into like a brotherhood, a sister, a sisterhood, a, a long relationship where y'all help develop each other. Iron sharpens iron. Yes, where you can be, you know, um, accountability partners. Y'all can read through the Bible together. It's like, if you don't know where to start on your, by yourself, there's probably someone else that doesn't know how to either. Right. So just start together. And then that way you have some form of like a fan base, an encouraging moment. And so I, th I think that I, I didn't think this was going to be the direction this this went, but I just love the direction it is going. Cause for me, just having a heart for people, it's like, if you don't know it, like I, going back to that one leadership podcast, uh, leadership lean in it, when you don't know what to do, just take the next right step. And I feel like that's so practical. Even if you just take the, the biblical side out of it, it's like sometimes like you were saying, if someone asks a question and you don't know, yeah, it's like next right step, go find your, go figure it out. Exactly. Um, so that's really awesome. And there, there, I actually got have a, a couple questions. Yeah. If you don't mind, a little roll reverse. No, we're here. fine. It's um, with going into how you were saying earlier, God kind of put this on you um, after you had a church experience yes. to kind of do something like this. Yeah. What is the goal and vision 
was like, the vision in this? Yeah. I'll tell you exactly yeah. what it is because literally he told me. I I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna tell anybody this. Um now everybody's gonna hear it. I know. <laughs> the plan is I need to do an entire year's worth of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um and the reason why is I need to have a centralized location that people can go to in order to understand like all these different testimonies and where everybody's coming from because you yeah. could go on YouTube right now and you could find testimonies and I used to be I used to be an atheist and I turned to Christ or I used to do this and you turned to Christ or whatever and like those are real people don't get me yeah. wrong those are real people and they're they're presenting their their stories but there's something different where it's a conversation between two people and you establish, all right, this is who this person is. This mm-hmm. is who this person is. And you understand like where they are on a personal level. And then you understand why they turn to Christ yeah. and why they are Christians. And for that, for me, like that was extremely powerful. And that was something that I wanted people yeah. to be able to go to. That's so awesome. for me to do an entire year's worth. So 52 weeks, I, I, I say 50, so 50 different, um, conversations 50 different episodes of the podcast yeah. 50 uh 50 different testimonies i felt like that is what i was supposed to do and now um the one thing that i, that I wasn't going to say and and you're like yeah. well, like what was the initial question do you remember yeah like what is your heart like what is the goal okay for the so the the heart thing that literally just happened yesterday mm-hmm. was like nick you can't have any external factors get in the way of this yeah and I was like, no, but I, I, I like, yeah, I, I'm 29. Right. It's like, I'm mm-hmm. 29. Like, uh, eventually like I want to have a family. I want to do these things. Like, no, like you literally cannot have anything yeah. in the way right now. That's awesome. And I was like, all right, I guess, I guess, I guess yeah. I'm, I have to commit to this right yeah. now. Yeah. I think, I think it's interesting that you're saying like having a centralized location where people come hear testimonies because yep. that is one of the most powerful truths that you'll yes. see out there other than the Bible, because whether you whether you want to or not, you you can believe my story. Yep, it's my story. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I've seen God work. Yep, and that's like one of the because you can tell somebody the Bible and they can have so many different ways that they have looked up how to argue it because people love arguing the Bible. Yeah, they have since the beginning of time, but you can't argue my story. Exactly. So that's a powerful thing to have that for people to come listen to because with fifty people. You know that fifth that, that story. Like I've my story has resonated with people that I've been able to lead because I've been through it. So it's like I have people that I have in it, through my college ministry down at Auburn, through what I'm doing now at Live Atlanta. I've been able to help young adults navigate seeing their parents get divorced. Mm. And it's like somebody might hear that and see that that's led them to faith in a weird way, in a God way, and that. Now someone listening to this podcast can be like, okay, I relate to that guy's story. Yep. Or like some like to brag on some of the people that have come, like Ethan, uh, to to brag on uh, Jasmine, to brag on the Becks. Yeah. Like the like, you can go back and hear theirs, and it's just like, man, they have testimonies that people can resonate with. Real testimonies. Because you know? I mean, especially like going back to the Becks, because who's came out first? Morgan's, Morgan's came, came out first. Morgan's came out first. So you go to her brother and, and his is just Jake. If you go to Jake's, it's like his is so real for so many guys. Just like exactly. College is tough. Yes. Like some people just don't resonate with college. And I felt like guys, I was talking. It was just like, it was like a table talk. It was like a yeah. locker room talk. Yes. I felt like. yes. It's like so real 
there are some so many people that are like I went to college, I felt so unfulfilled. Yes, I didn't know what to do. Yes, I didn't turn to God. Yep. Like, and so it's like you can go listen to somebody's podcast that you've interviewed, that you've brought in, that the, the Holy Spirit's connected you with somehow. Exactly. And then it's like that leads somebody to be like, I resonate with that. That story speaks to me. When that's I was, poor, that's that story for them is a truth. When I was talking to Jake and he was explaining to me the college situation, I felt like I was talking to myself. And, yeah. and I felt like I was talking to other some of my friends. Like I had one of my best friends went to the same university as me. And I think his uh, story was very similar to Jake's in the sense of he was used to being like everybody knew who he was. Yeah. He was used to that feeling. And then you go into a, a big university and it's like, oh, that isn't the same anymore. No. Um, and li listening to him just made me think like it just reminded me of so many different people yeah. that I know in my life. And I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what I want right now. I want, once again, two reasons, expanding my knowledge, expanding, yeah. just increasing my faith by having these conversations. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Yeah. But then like how you said, a centralized location that people can go to. So maybe they read the description that, that, yeah. that I put in every single one. It's like, okay, well I want to check out this one. Let me see what this one is. And yeah. Just having that in one location. For and sure. that's why it needs to be 50. It needs to be expanded because it, the more, the more conversations that are presented yeah. the more the more recordings that we do it's going to make it that much more powerful in the end yeah because i mean if if you just think numbers wise 10 people resonate right to one testimony yep like one of the 50 yep you've just impacted 500 people exactly which like that's the ministry right there so that's awesome i love hearing that heart behind it i because uh, i was like curious because i'd listen to the other ones i'd listen that's awesome thank you yeah no i'd listen to them and i was like okay like, and I was like, I wonder what the goal is. And I figured it was probably something there. It was like in those lines in there somewhere. And I just wanted to ask that. So that was cool. Um, I didn't want to do this. Yeah. I, it, it, <laughs> it was not, that prayer. Not that, I, not that I didn't want to. It never came to me. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like an organic thing. Uh, dude, I, I mean, I have an Xbox right next to me. I have an, I have a, a, a Nintendo yeah. Switch right next to me. Like when I used to do recordings and stuff and streams, it was for video yeah. games. It was like entertainment. And that I mean, way. Uh, at 9 a.m. on a Thursday. Yeah, exactly. You could be asleep or at the gym <laughs> or getting breakfast. Right. Uh, it's like it is something that like God's put upon you. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to neglect this. I'm yeah. going to go for it. That's when awesome. He, like I said, it was a million things at one time. And he was like, Nick, you need to do this podcast. I'm like, I don't know how to do this podcast. And he was like, you, you're going to figure it out. Like, you know, cause I mean, I've done things before. Once again, talking yeah. about video games before and stuff like that, but never about God, never about yeah. like interviewing different people. And we're, we're just going to talk about God. Like it, can I do this? And apparently the answer is yes. Cause yeah. this is honestly the most this is more fulfilling than beyond discipleship doubt. yeah discipleship. this is like, this is more fulfilling than beyond doubt this is more fulfilling than anything i've ever done in my life by having yeah, these conversations awesome. it is the best experience i've ever had yeah yeah that's awesome did you have any other questions i mean that that was the big one i mean dude <laughs> want to do it again I'm yeah no absolutely yeah, like no this is awesome i'm looking forward to just seeing like what comes from this, bro? Yeah. Like that. Thank you for bringing me on. Dude. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to come out here and just talk, chop it up about yes, Jesus. Sir. You know, that's a good spot. And like, I mean, everything that we've said, I think we can wholeheartedly say that we've said it with like truth behind it. Oh, and yeah. That we, that we mean it. So, like, if y'all are questioning, curious, text us. 
reach out to us on DMs. DM us, yeah. Um, these will be uh, like sponsored or in, in, ambassador on our stories. We'll post these like, hey, go listen to it. Um, so don't feel don't feel hesitant to like reach out. You need someone to go to church with. You need to find a local church in the Atlanta area. We know plenty. Um, if you just want to like get a meal, like, hey, that's cool. And then, like I said, it's just been fun. It's been cool. Yeah. Um, excited to see where this goes. Thank and you. Dude, yeah, that was awesome. Thank you, Will. Appreciate yeah, you. Thank you for, for sure. being on. Thank you.